The Chase Pack is brought to you by AG1. AG1 is a daily foundational nutritional supplement. All of the members of the Chase Pack and myself start our days with AG1. It's a great way to establish a healthy morning routine and set yourself up for a healthy day. AG1 is a science-driven mix that doesn't require any thought. You wake up, you make yourself a glass or a smoothie with a scoop of AG1 and you're set. Drinking AG1 every morning is such an easy way to get in the nutrition your body needs to feel your best. Order yourself some AG1 now at drinkag1.com forward slash the chase pack and you'll also get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D3K2 and a free five-day travel pack. Hi everyone and welcome to episode five of the Chase Pack. We have Anna, Andy, Harry and myself here tonight. Queen Penn is swimming and I assume Ari is doing the same. So uh, yeah, just the four of us tonight. We're going to chat over a bit about the T100 series. Um, not going to overdo it though because it's been <laughs> it's been on our feeds a lot this week. So um uh but yeah we're just gonna have a chat about our weeks and see what's been going on so um Anna what you been up to uh I just got off of COVID so this was my first week back and um it kind of hit me pretty hard like I um I was down and out for three days with a really high fever and I ended up fainting actually oh Um, yeah so it kind of has been taking me a little bit to get back. This last week was pretty good. Like if I've put in almost 24 hours, 25 hours. And um, by the end of today, I'll have 55 miles, but I just not a hundred percent yet. And um, when I first like learned that I had COVID, um, it kind of sent me back just like mentally because um, well, first of all, I think everyone's so over it, you know, like we just want to keep moving forward. And also, um, I treat post COVID patients in my outpatient PT clinic. And it's just like, I don't know, maybe a little traumatizing when I like learned that I had it, even though I've had COVID before, just kind of like, uh, I didn't, I don't want this to set me back. And then I felt like I was going through this like mental spiral. So it took me a few days to kind of get out of that and learn that that wasn't serving me and try to figure out like, like, what is this here to teach me? Like, how can I take advantage of this down week? Um, And then once I was able to kind of process that, I was feeling better. So Overall, this week has been trying to get back into norm, but I just don't feel 100% quite yet. But we're getting there. So I've got a very yeah. important question for you. Very, very yeah. important question. What Netflix series did you binge watch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was on this stupid chick flick called uh, Georgia and Ginny. 
That sounds horrific. No yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it was like the first thing that came up in Netflix that was like a Grammy award winning show. And it's about like these teenagers that fall in love and this mom who is this crazy murderer. It's like something <laughs> like Harry and Andy, you guys would not. <laughs> I mean, if your wives told you to watch it, you maybe would scroll on your phone as you watch the show. But it was actually pretty good. My husband and I are watching Suits, so like I couldn't watch Suits. You couldn't like watch it on your own, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because then <sighs> I would screw it up, and then I'd have to watch it over again. So <laughs> yeah, that but was back, me. back to health, back to health, and feeling better now. Yeah, feeling better. It's not quite a hundred percent, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So, Harry, tell me what's up with you. Yeah, well, I <laughs> I thought I had COVID. Turns out I was just being a massive pussy. Um, didn't actually have COVID. <laughs> just had a bit of a cold. But it seems like everyone, well, everyone that I seem to be talking to in the UK, I know Andy's been feeling a bit under the weather as well. Yeah, we we had it at the same time, pretty much, didn't we? Yeah, I don't really know how I gave it to you. Even, uh, uh, we just <laughs> don't live anywhere near each other. But there you go. <laughs> um, Whatever you guys are making out after your swim session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell everyone. <laughs> um, so drinking um, Andy's spa water. Oh oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we yeah so I, I had um. I had pretty much a week uh, just feeling pretty crap. And then the last two weeks have actually been really good. So I've got some good consistent training in, um, getting back involved with the squad because I didn't want to pass anything on. So it's kind of on my own for a little bit. Um, but yeah, back with the the run club as well that Lizzie's a part of, um, Team Bath Athletics Club. So that's going really well. So the last two weeks have actually been really good, consistent training, I think uh this week i've finished on about just just above 28 hours of training um pretty close to i think like 1400 tss so for me those are like pretty decent numbers i'm definitely feeling it a little bit um so the next few days are going to be a little bit more chilled but yeah just working um working quite hard on some longer more sustained ironman effort efforts that i think i think andy's a bit more accustomed to than me so They've been uh, they've been quite testing mentally, that's for sure. <laughs> they're really like I, I find as well like they're great, but men yeah mentally draining. But also if you like don't fuel like well yeah. before, during, and after, they just zap you. Yeah, it's like the aftermath is like you get off the bike off, or turbo after like five hours, and you just you just feel like a zombie. <laughs> It's horrific. Is that like but... the, was it the EastEnders meme of I've got nothing left? The guy cr- <laughs> yeah. crying on the sofa. <laughs> I think I've put that in the comment section of Training Peaks every day this week. <laughs> I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. <laughs> um, but it's been no, it's been it's been going really well. So I'm in a in a good routine right now. But um, yeah, how about you, Andy? Yeah. So um, yeah, as Harry said, we got pretty much. I think Harry was sick. And then he messaged me one day and was like, oh, I'm I'm pretty run down. Like, how's things with you? And then I was like, yeah, training's going really well. And then literally like three hours later, a message went like, damn, I'm oh, ill. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know what I had. I, I didn't have COVID. I just had some sort of like winter flu. Um, and it was like a really annoying illness where I didn't have any symptoms. 
like not like I didn't have a cough or a cold or anything. I was just like, just felt unwell. And I just like, as soon as I stood up off the, or like got off the sofa to like try and walk around, I just felt like I was going to faint. I was just like so zapped, um, which is really, really fun to try and train. So I ended up having like best part of a week of not completely off. I had a few days of complete rest, um, but like, yeah, not, not training properly. Um, but yeah, I managed to bounce back the last couple of weeks pretty well. So last week got back into the swing of training, um, nothing heroic. I think I was like 23 hours and then just ticked off about 27 this week. Um, and the intensity, intensity definitely ramped like pretty, pretty big this week. Um, so yeah, feeling pretty tired, but yeah, looking forward to, I've got a very similar week coming up this week. So another like 27 hours, um, which is nothing like, yeah, nothing ridiculous in terms of like volume, like not riding anything over the, I think my longest rides four and a half hours. Um, but yeah, some tasty VO2 work on the bike um, and then starting to ramp my run up. So I did a, a sort of a maintenance run phase over the winter um, where I just really brought it back as I was like pushing my swim. Um, and then like this week, I think I was back up to about 65k so it's it's slowly getting back to normal which for me normal I I think is normally around sort of like 75 to 85 kind of k so I'm getting getting back to run volume which is good um but yeah feeling good feeling good what about yourself Lizzie um yeah really good uh I haven't been sick touch wood everyone <laughs> please um yes I do generally quite well because my mum's a primary school teacher so she comes home with something pretty much every week um and my sister's been a while so but luckily I've managed to dodge everything so I've just finished today a really good three-week block of about um I think I did 25 hours a week um for three weeks so I think that's some kind of record for me so I'm really really pleased with that um and like Harry said, I started running with um, a fairly local club. It's about a 40 minute drive for us from here. But, um, you know, you, you go and you do seven or eight K of work. Um, so it's and you run, you know, you're running times that you just wouldn't do on your own. So that's been that's been massive. That's really um, definitely helped my running. So that's really cool. And. I've actually found like recovery and everything like the body feels really good after that, which never used to, cause it's just that quite high impact. Um, so that's been really nice. And also just to have a group to train with over the winter. Like that's made, that's, that's made a real difference. It's like one session of the week where I don't have to think about where I'm going, what I'm doing that I'm doing on my own. Um, and similarly on Saturday mornings, I've been riding with a club um, and that's, that's been really big. Um, so that's, that's massively helped. Like I'm doing a fairly big ride every Saturday and, you know, doing that outside through the winter is quite, I don't think I've ever done that before. Um, so yeah, it's just really nice to see some consistency and, um, but like, it's been a really nice block since Christmas where I've just been at home, haven't been anywhere, just have really got into a really good structure and routine. So, um, yeah feeling quite fit hopefully it's not uh too much too soon but um yeah coach says not so so we'll just see what um see what yeah, happens it will get fucked isn't it <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the numbers are, yeah, really good. But um, so we'll just, yeah, see what happens. I've got a down week this week and then half a week of back into training, proper training towards the end of the week and into next week. And then I'm off to Lanzarote for 10 days, which I'm really excited about. So I need some sun, which is, um, yeah, I think I'm going to basically have a big bike block over there. I think that's going to be the main focus, which, you, you know, I, I, I could do in the UK, but it's just a bit harder. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, all really good over here. Sweet. Talk to me about this run group then, guys. So is it a proper like run run runners run group where like people yeah. are like racing half marathons or is it like a group of triathletes that call themselves runners and then like run the long way around the track? Or... I, I'm pretty sure there's only <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure there's only a few triathletes there. I think they're mainly runners. Um it's it's no, it's an athletics club. It's you get about hundred people turn up. So it is it is busy. But you guys don't run clockwise around the track. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is it's a really good group, actually. It's really sound. Like you're kind of running with people that you know you wouldn't you wouldn't ever normally meet anyway. So it's it's really cool actually to get to know completely different people. They're just yeah. for the most part, they're just runners. And you know, I was chatting with a guy the other day and he wants to race London Marathon and he wants to go like sub 220 and just to be able to like run with someone like that and do a session with him oh granted he did drop me like a sack of shit but <laughs> it was uh it was just really cool like it's a cool atmosphere i think lizzie would agree it's like, a very good club it makes you yeah work a lot harder like it's just oh yeah uh, it's easy effort i think like it's just you show up you know it's going to be a hard workout but everyone's doing the same thing so it's it just makes life so much easier and then you look down at your watch after you've cooled down and you've done like you've done like 13 14k around the track and yeah. you're like oh sick like, that's a pretty good session yeah it, you feel very fulfilled after don't you <laughs> i do have to make Possibly, sure if it's pissing day. down it's not fun though <laughs> uh, yeah i text i texted harry in the week because he didn't he wasn't there last last yeah tuesday just last gone week, and yeah. it was horrendous weather session was really hard and then it just made worse by like 20 mile an hour winds and it was just pissing it down <laughs> and it was it was yeah it it was pretty miserable um but i think because there's so many people that go there's such a there's a really good range of ability so like no matter what day you find yourself on there'll always be a group you can slot into and like i've had this with clubs before where i'm like off the front group but then in no man's land between the front group and the the back group and it but with this like there's always yeah it, as I said it can be really busy um but it's um yeah it's brilliant I think the hardest thing about it is waiting till 7 p.m to do a training session when you've got all day this <laughs> is true it, actually yeah <laughs> dinner, dinner at half past nine when you get home <laughs> you can't be taking like caffeine tablets before that session <laughs> oh, no yeah <laughs> no I do actually sleep really well after it's probably my best night's sleep you actually because i'm i'm the opposite i cannot just wired yeah Yeah. i always thought i was hit or miss because we you know when lockdown we used to do those zwift racing and um you know they're always quite late and i used to sleep terribly but i've actually just been it's worked out like a light (laughs) that's pretty good yeah what's the uh what's how do the runners take it when you start doing proper you know triathlon chat 
when like you rock up and you say uh oh what other sessions did you do today <laughs> it's never one session with a triathlete what other sessions did you do <laughs> yeah I think last week Freddie or the week before Freddie was like that's oh, my third threshold session of the day <laughs> the runner's like what you, you you did something else today <laughs> yeah <laughs> or it's when you see because we share the track sometimes or like I think the beginning of the track session is shared with the the sprinters and <laughs> everyone just makes a joke about the fact that they like they do a little rep and then they hang around for 10 minutes and chill out and then they do the next rep and it's like <laughs> hell, man, what a different life <laughs> but they run so fast but they're so quick yeah there's a group of hurdlers on the track at the same time and it's just like seeing she's seeing it in person you're like oh, that's really high and really fast <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool though it is really cool are you guys like Anna or andy do you guys train with a group much at all or is it most it's mostly all on your own i'm pretty much on my own for running swimming right i'm with a group um but other than that yeah i'm pretty much i'm pretty solo yeah i'm the same i literally other than like trying to link up with other athletes like invite people out for like a ride or you know on occasion if i'm doing a run session like trying to make it like like match with someone else's session like yeah. close enough um but yeah I, I don't go to any clubs um which is I, I i guess like the sound of like a run club does sound like quite fun and i think um like we've got a quite a good club here in swansea called swansea harriers but again it would be like a late session i think on like a yeah. tuesday night and i'm not sure how that would go down with the wife and baby but we'll... <laughs> you'd definitely be in the doghouse mate yeah massively <laughs> i've been using a lever movement system for months now and i honestly have no idea why i didn't start using it years ago when i first heard about lever um, for those of you who don't know what a lever movement system is it's a system that you take to your treadmill like i take mine to the gym um, when i go to the treadmill at the gym or if you're lucky enough to have a treadmill at home you can just take it to your, your home treadmill and you you attach it to your treadmill and then from there it attaches to your hips so that it takes weight off while you run and I'd been struggling with consistency in my running for years like literally two to three years and I think I was a bit heavier than I used to be and I was just constantly getting niggles and injuries so I decided to buy a lever movement system as like a last resort to try and fix it basically and get back into my running uh, mainly because I saw heaps of pro triathletes and runners using them on Instagram and it just changed everything for me. I, I, I just recently finished a four-week training camp with some pro triathletes and I was able to run 84 kilometers in a week there, which is the most I've ran in a single week in over two years. And I really do think it was all because of the consistency I found by using my lever movement system uh, a few times a week. I've completely gotten over a persistent lower limb and, and foot niggle I was getting from running the past couple of years. And yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive it's completely because of the load I was taking off um, two to three runs a week. And so if you're someone like me who struggles with finding consistency in your running because of niggles or persistent injuries, or like you just want to increase your, your mileage a bit more safely, or even just as a preventative measure against injury in general, in general with your running, then I truly can't recommend getting yourself a lever movement system enough. They're awesome. And it's just one of those purchases that I can rec recommend so comfortably knowing you 100% will not regret it. Um, so if you do want to try one for yourself, then you can head to their website and, and when you check out, make sure you, you use the discount code TTH, which gets you 20% off your order. Tell us about this swim group you've been doing, Harry, because I'm quite actually interested to hear about it because it's quite new. Yeah, so um, 
I was actually when I when I chatted about it in the last podcast, I was I was completely out of it. I'd literally just woken up and jumped on the podcast. So I <laughs> I basically I didn't know you'd spoken about it. <laughs> no, 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 it's all right. It's um because I <laughs> I kind of didn't realize what I was saying. I said we got lanes every day. We actually don't have lanes every day. I've just made completely made that up. Um <laughs> just making shit up. I'm just theory. making shit up. I literally woke up, didn't have a coffee, jumped to the podcast. Didn't have COVID. Like, I know I just had an hour of chatting shit and I didn't realize what was going on uh, so so yeah we've got um we've got lanes at Bath Uni which is uh for anyone who doesn't know it's 50 meter pool really really nice um like competition quality pool and we've got lanes Monday Tuesday and Friday um and then the other two days within the week I'll just go and use the local pool because I can just walk down to it it's super convenient and it means that those three days uh, we get some like good quality swims. So Monday we'll do like an aerobic development swim, um, just long reps. Uh, and then Tuesday will always be like a VO2 speed swim. And then Fridays will be threshold. So making sure that I'm getting all the quality done in the 50 meter pool and then the easy stuff, technique work, just easier mileage can be done in the 25 like local pool. Um, but yeah, there's like a group of, four of us at the minute um and it's been set up by uh rob cheatham who's who's leon's coach um and he basically set up a squad for uh this kind of like long course group basically so it's leon susie uh freddie webb and myself um and it just works really well uh because we've got a good mix of ability but everyone just gets on really well um we know what we're doing and we just kind of where yeah, we work hard together and it just, um, yeah, it works nicely because we also um, share sessions at other times as well. You know, Leon and Freddie, as you know, Lizzie, like they show up to the track sessions. Um, we kind of occasionally go off and do other runs together. And so kind of got our own little kind of training group in Bradford and Avon, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, potentially over the next however long that could that could grow and we could get more people involved and that'd be really sick so I kind of see it as like a beginning of something that's potentially going to be a bigger thing um but right now it is quite nice to have a lane at a specific time in a 50 meter pool that you you're guaranteed to have a good swim rather than you know what it's like when you show up to like a public lane you're like I don't know if it's going to be empty I don't know if there's going to be 20 people in the lane doing breaststroke like it and and so that kind of that can ruin your session and your mood. Whereas at least I know like three days a week, I'm guaranteed to have a good session with good company. Um, and so, yeah, it goes, it, it's working really well. It's working really well, but I am for the most part showing up to the swims pretty fatigued and feeling pretty crap. But I guess that's, that's Ironman training. <laughs> that's just winter training in general, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just miserable all the time. <laughs> just just get through day, day by day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> No, but it's, it is really good. It is really good. Is Rob, is Rob on deck with you? Does he coach, like, do any technique stuff or just, just does the time? For the most stuff? part, yeah. To be fair to him, for the most part, he's there and he's really, really good. And he's he's also helping out with timing as well. Um, because I think, I think actually, for the most part, we're all pretty useless at timing. <laughs> um, so uh, it's nice to have Rob there who does the timings for us, especially for, like, the speed sessions and threshold. That's really cool um but he's currently out in south africa i think so him and susie are going to go out for like a long build into the into the iron man um so i'll be having to get timings for myself which doesn't go very well because i always just kind of fuck it up <laughs> you've 
got some very nice pool clocks there. You got no excuse. They're, they're all they're all out of they're all out of sync. So if they're all like, I'll just pick one and look at it then. Well, I can't see it from the other end of the pool. <laughs> I swear, I swam there today for the first time in years, and um, yeah, three public lanes and seven club lanes. So towards the end of my swim, the um, yeah, the lane I was in started getting really hectic. So I'm quite jealous of the. Uh, yeah, single lane. If if it was if it wasn't too far, I'd come join you. But um, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Can't really justify the petrol, to be honest with you. Yeah, for you, that's probably quite a long way. And the parking is a fucking nightmare at Bath Uni. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite. I'm obviously really. I do swim on my own um, five days a week, but um, I have free membership at the local pool, and it's five minute walk from my house, which I love. It, like you you can't complain with that it means wakes me up a bit in the morning it you know just gets me going and actually for the most part I can get my sessions done um and because you know because I'm there five days a week like you really get to know the people that come at different times and they're really courteous and generally quite good lane etiquette despite the fact it's only a 25 meter four lane pool um but yeah I've been trying to link up with trying to figure out some sort of swim group I think I might end up swimming with um, Fenella, like maybe just at least do like one session a week with her, like threshold kind of work. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, just to have, it'd be in public lanes, but even just that once a week, like I'm really good at training on my own. Like I do really push myself, but you know, you don't know really until you train with other people. Like I could have said that before joining, you know, doing the track sessions with the club. Um so yeah I'm definitely once our schedules sync up because she's out in America at the moment and I'm off to Lanzarote well um mm. that'll be pretty good because I can yeah I can just yeah that'd be really cool get like that'd be really good Fenella swimming's obviously really good and that's kind of she's kind of the level I'm sort of aiming at at the moment it's kind of like the next step for me so yeah that'd be nice to get a gauge I've got a good a good question it may not be a good question because there may be some shit answers but here we go <laughs> um have any of you got any funny stories about like getting in arguments with someone about lane etiquette in a public pool <laughs> yeah so many <laughs> go on mate so i want to hear them <laughs> uh oh what's the, so the most recent one was you don't come across uh, as being aggressive <laughs> no and, and it, it's it's always like an argument that's like a passive aggressive argument well, yeah. like passive aggressive from like my point, but like they obviously get quite angry. And I got in a lane, uh, it's probably actually just before Christmas, and was swimming around. So I was the only person in the lane to start off with. And like I knew that it was public lane, I knew other people were gonna join, so I wasn't that person swimming up and down. I like went the right way around the lane just so that if someone wanted to get in, they could get in the lane. Uh and I was in probably for like an hour and a half and uh, maybe like halfway through the session i had like two or three different people join uh like the people joined at the beginning absolutely fine and then this one person jumps in and they're swimming like uh, slower than two minutes 100 like proper slow like i was doing four lengths to their two kind of thing <laughs> and it was really bad <laughs> and I, i'm quite like courteous like I, I wouldn't like just swim over the top of them but like also I'm in the pool to get a workout done. So I'm the kind of swimmer that is quite happy and quite comfortable just to swim around people if they're in the lane. Like just like go into the middle of the pool a little bit, like 
swim past them, slot back in front of them. Like most people are quite happy with that if they're getting overtaken. Um, but I did that a couple of times. And then on the third time I had a hand come out in front of my face and kind of stopped me. And he told me I was being really rude for swimming too quickly. <laughs> like he was really angry about it. He was, he was really angry about it. And I, I obviously kind of just, just been like, but I'm just swimming. And like, I was already swimming in this lane before you got in the lane. So like, if you thought I was swimming too quickly, why did you get in the lane? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But it's man. literally just like a never. And it's 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 funny because like I go to a pool where there's quite a lot of like I say the average age of the public swimming I go to is like sixty five plus. Like you got a few young, younger people come in, but like the majority of the people who come in are are more elderly because I go in in the day, um, mm. and they like the ninety nine percent of them are like just absolutely love like when they watch me like training up and down they like absolutely love it like after the session they're always asking me about like, how fast I was swimming and they love the whole kind of like the fact I'm training and racing like You're the old man. ladies hitting on you mate <laughs> it's yeah. mostly the men <laughs> that's what I'm hearing <laughs> um, Andy tell me this because I don't know maybe this isn't the thing there was it just you and him in the lane. No, so by the time he got in, so I I was in the lane. A couple of people had got in as well. So by the time that oh, the, okay. the fourth guy, it was probably like fourth or fifth guy. So by the time he'd got in, it was a really busy lane. But there were okay. other lanes. There were other options. He just decided to get in my lane. <laughs> how do you react then if someone puts their hand out? How how did you react to it? I was and obviously would you do I, the I, same again. I was like mid set, so like you are like obviously. You, you, when you're working hard you're kind of like i don't know if you guys find that i get into that it's like slightly uh, like angry kind of aggressive state like you're working hard like you're pushing yourself yeah, yeah. so like instantly i'm like oh well like what's going on like I, like obviously like you come across maybe a little bit brash um but then instantly just like this guy's like you're being rude and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, do I you know I just, who like, I am? <laughs> <laughs> so I was literally like, I think I just diffused it. I think I'm always that type of person who just diffuses. Uh, like, I hate conflict as well. So you just yeah, normally yeah. just have to kill it with kindness and just be like, oh, I'm really sorry, uh, but I am training. I'm doing a training session. Like, there's other options and lanes. Like, see you later. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm really but sorry that you're you shit at swimming. <laughs> your lane, they're not. You're surely they're labelled as well. Yeah, no, he was in a fast lane. It was in a, it was a fast lane, and uh, yeah, he, he wasn't fast. <laughs> I've I've had it before where um I was in a, a pool that actually wasn't my normal, and I was in the fast lane, and someone just got in and started doing breaststroke, and I like normally just, I mean that that took it too far for me, and I was like I just went over, and I was like, you do know this is the fast lane. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> you should ask the lifeguard that sometimes it depends on pool you're at but sometimes the lifeguards are quite good so like sometimes yeah. i like you like look at the lifeguards and then yeah. like they might come and you know help you <laughs> i'm because i used to work at the leisure center i'm really friendly with all the lifeguards so i can just like give them some eyes while i'm doing a kick set or something and they'll, they'll know exactly what needs to be done <laughs> but i hate it when my pet peeve is when someone gets in the lane when all the other lanes are really busy which is fine as long as you can, you know, like you stay out of the way, you respect the fact you've moved into a faster lane. And then when the other lane's empty, they don't then move back across. 
So I've, I had it recently with a guy who was just so slow. Um, and the lane two across emptied out. There was no one in there. So he was stopped at the end and I went, oh, that, that lane's free now if you want to go over there. And he was like, no, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> you, you should have just stepped across and gone in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I normally do. But then I'm the one who gets people then get annoyed with me for doing that and I'm just like I don't know why I should be the one to move <laughs> I think that's one of the, the one of the issues with public swimming I don't, I don't know if it's the same the rest of the world but like in the UK is like we have this like simple like slow medium fast kind of structure to most swimming pools and like it's fine because like obviously like if there isn't like someone super fast someone who's like maybe more of like a medium swimmer will go in the fast lane and I'd say like for the most part, maybe like 90, 95% of people are really like good at self-seeding. And like, I find a lot of the people who I end up like sharing lanes with or go swimming at the same time with, they are very like respectful. And they'll, if they do join your lane, they're like, oh, I'll, I'll make sure like I don't get in your way sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just that minority who just like, I don't know, just don't maybe understand the seeding system or don't understand that like, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. Because like, if you go for a swim like public swimming if you're like not a proper swimmer like your instinct isn't like i'm gonna go in the slow lane is it like everyone's kind of got that little oh i'm a i'm a good swimmer <laughs> um and it's it's difficult then to be told by someone else to move into a different lane <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i can see why people get annoyed if, like if i was them and someone went no nah, you're too shit for this lane i'd be like off <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i like the i like the passive aggressive overtake where you like you splash quite a lot you maybe like brush past them touch them quite lightly just to, you know a couple of times get the hint without actually having any like direct conflict <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're fighting people in the book <laughs> yeah you're, you're not you like there <laughs> no but honestly i did um i had 2100s the other week and there was a woman who would do like front crawl one length and she was like, she was okay. And then, but then length back, she'd do breaststroke. And I was on my last 100. So I was like going for it. Absolutely knackered. She's doing breaststroke. I go to overtake her and the end of her breaststroke kick catch her heel catches me right in the middle of my oh, arm. Yeah. And it just goes dead. Like straight away. Nin, um, nins and pedals. Um, pins and needles. Pins and needles. <laughs> 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 it's you like had a long day. And there was nothing I could do about it. My arm, like I've never had it before, just completely went dead, and I couldn't lift it out of the water. And I was just, like, <laughs> I was just so annoyed. Oh. And then she, moved, she was moved over by the lifeguard, and then made a real point of like swimming while she was like putting an effort in to be like this. I'm still not in the right lane. <laughs> I'm too fast. Oh my God. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the situation out in the states? Yeah, yeah, just about to ask. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know how it works. I mean, people will just split a lane if they're if you're like circling and they're you're going a lot faster than them. We'll just split the lane, or yeah. people just move out and go to another lane. But I have never had to like confront anybody about getting in my way. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the we pool sound situation. like we're going to the wrong pools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, my experience whenever I've gone over to America is like there's so many options. 
like in a like in a local city like there's not just like like in where i live in swansea there's maybe like two maybe three options to go swim and like the best option to go swim always has like booked out with like swim club like constantly so like you're always yeah you're very restricted i think for options but yeah i think i've always found especially like i think i went to when i went to the woodlands last year fireman texas like their 50 meter pool has like yards going like width ways so there's like i don't know how many lanes like 25 lanes like you're never gonna have an issue with that's insane lane space there whereas like in the uk like sometimes we have like six 25 meter lanes and then you've got like 30 plus people in the pool it's like yeah and you're right about lane times like we're i feel like we're in the uk we're very restricted by pool times um certainly in my local like pretty much the longest sessions are hour, most of them an hour and a half there's maybe like a couple of weeks that are two hours so i can't really swim actually as much as i want to because we're so restricted by the times and i feel like in the states what it seems like to me is that you can pretty much just rock up whenever yeah yeah i think that's a really good point we have a lot of options like from where i live i could go to five different pools if i was a member at two different clubs and so i think finding a lane is not really an issue so like the faster people know where to swim and then we have eight lanes at both pools at those faster pools so it's it's a pretty good situation dreamy absolutely dreamy (laughs) Right, should we uh should we progress into chatting all things T one hundred? Yeah. Let's do it. Who wants to kick us off? Go on, Lizzie, you kick us off. Um well it was Anna's suggestion, so um <laughs> <laughs> just pass it passing just pass it around. <laughs> yeah. Nerdbelts is a brand created by professional long course triathlete and good friend of the podcast, Steve McKenna. Steve was having issues with fueling and hydrating during long course triathlon races and during his long runs in the build-up to those races. And he tried all of the running packs, belts, and handhelds on the market and just couldn't find a good one that he liked. So over the course of about a year, Steve went about creating his own product. And he gave an example of his final design to a few people and everyone who used it loved it. And they loved it so much that Steve decided to create what we now know as the Nerd Belt. Um, I was one of the people who tried it pretty early on. And since then, I've tried both the V1 and V2 of the Nerd Belt. And I seriously love them both. I use my V2 for every single long run or long running session I do. And I've even started using the V1 on just my my little easy 6 to 10 kilometer jogs um, here in the summer because it's got so hot. Um, The V1 has two times 200 milliliter bottles. And the V2 has the option to add a 550 milliliter bottle. Um, So that's why I use the V2 for my longer runs. And I personally probably do like the V2 a little bit more, but I think Steve maybe prefers the V1. So uh, either way, they're both really great. Um, I love them both. I use them both every single week. Um, But it is one of those things where you probably could find a use for both so maybe if you want one that has a bit more storage capability you'd go the v2 and if you wanted something a little bit lighter you'd go the v1 Um, the thing i love most about my nerd belt is you literally don't notice it when you're wearing it you put it on you start running and after the first few kilometers of your first run in it you've just forgotten it's there 
They don't bounce around like crazy like every other running belt I've tried. And you can also fit your phone in it, your keys in it, your gels, plus the the hydration. Um, and, and if you're in America right now, you can get yourself a nerd belt on the feed as they've now just started stocking it. Um, and everywhere else in the world, you can just jump onto the nerd belts website to get one. Uh, I don't actually get anything from this. Like this isn't a paid advertisement or anything like that. I just really love nerd belts and I, I sort of said to Steve that I wanted to promote them on the show and tell everyone about them because I really believe they're a great product and, and that if you get one, you'll genuinely love it and it will make your training better and, and you'll just be stoked that you got like you that you came across them really because that's how I felt. Um, so yeah, if you when I told Steve I was going to do that, he said, well, at least let me give you a discount code. So if you do want to try one, um, you know, for your racing or for your long training runs, then you can use the discount code TTH15 uh, on the Nerd Belts website, which gets you 15% off anything there if you wanted to get a V1, a V2 or both. Um, seriously, I think you'll love it. I think it'll make your training better. It's a great way to fuel and hydrate and, and take your phone with you on long runs when you're out running in the forest or the bush to be a bit safer. Um, so yeah, it supports Steve. It supports a great brand, but more, more like more importantly, it's just a great product that I think you'll love. All right. So what I wanted to talk about, so the T100 came out announcement. Everybody knows about it. Um, it's just to recap real quick. It's 40 athletes con- um, that have contracts with the PTO, 20 men, 20 women, all top of um, top of our sport. So, my question for us today, what I wanted to talk about was how do we as lower ranked pros make our way to the top to get into the T100 and following that, is that even possible or do the top 20 or so that are ranked with a few wild cards stay at the top because they're all racing each other in all of these eight races, which makes it even more difficult for a slower ranked to tap into this. So give me some thoughts. <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. No, I think the, the two podcasts I've heard with Sam, obviously Jack's podcast and Pro Try News, he, he's made it quite clear that he doesn't want it to be a closed circuit but then hasn't actually explained how that's not going to be the case um because yeah from our point of view like those races have the best prize money and the best pto points so it's like how how would it's almost you need like you have say in rugby and football like a relegation zone um where you know you might even say like the bottom four in each I don't know year have to be subbed out but then that's not very much and it's a, it only leaves four new people to allow, be allowed onto the circuit every year and that's you know it could then take us we might you know it's a real real good potential that we never get there um so i'm really interested to see how sam plans to not make it this closed circuit um because currently it feels pretty impossible to break into that little elite league which is how I see it like I'm not gonna lie um I know obviously like he wants to get 
you know, the, the main focus of this year is on these 40 athletes and, you know, the inaugural T100 season. But at the same time, like you do have to think, like we have to think long term. So it's it'd be nice to know that there's a bit more of a vision for us lower rank pros because you kind of think what's the point in doing what we're doing if we're never going to be able to compete against the best in these leagues and they've made triathlon really exciting and like we want to be a part of that um because at the end of the day we all want to race the best and if it you know and I don't want that to be an impossible feat um so I guess it's just I don't I don't really know I don't know enough to say how that you know hypothetically how that could happen um but it's almost a bit of a bit of a wait and see game i guess um i don't know how do you guys see it i think um yeah what you said there about the yeah obviously sam mentioning it being quite open yeah it definitely doesn't come across that i think if you're i guess on the outside like we are i think there is an opportunity for people to slide in in the future but how that works yeah as you said it's kind of tbc there's kind of multiple ways that i kind of think athletes like ourselves could get to you know potentially get contracts in the future um and i think it does involve actually having an opportunity to race an event um obviously anna last year you got to race uh the us open uh with like a wild card slot and i think that's the way i see potentially one of us sliding in uh so for example like we've got the t100 london now if there was a you know uh, an illness an injury on thursday and the race is on saturday you know athletes like ourselves if we got a phone call thursday night saying can you slide in yeah you probably would take the opportunity and i think if you then given an opportunity and then make the most of it say you you got into the race then you finish top five to ten instantly then you've got some great pto points and then if you couple that with potentially a world championship uh score and then you might get lucky enough to get into another pto race then potentially you've got three good scores that could get you in that top 20 in the world bubble that might get you a contract there's no guarantees obviously um but that's kind of the only way i really see it so i think fred funk kind of said it on uh a chat he had with jack on this uh show before about it's it's difficult but basically we've just got to be better (laughs) and (laughs) when he said that when he said that it, it does come across a bit like well yeah obviously like if we were all like winning the world championship we'd obviously be part of the series but i think there's an element of like we've just got to keep chipping away got to keep going to races and creating uh you know a bit of a reputation for you know doing well and then hopefully these opportunities in the future come along like it might not happen this year but lizzie for example if you get like a top 10 to 15 at the world championship that might then put you in like the kind of area to maybe get more wild cards in the next year because of how well you performed at the end of the year um so that's the way i kind of see it happening i guess the only other avenue i kind of see one of us 
being able to like sneak in as a wild card is like if we were to like create some beef with someone on the tour like a <laughs> Sam Laidlow Sam Long kind of thing so like think? hold my bit <laughs> I reckon I reckon if you won a couple of races you started calling out a couple of people create a bit of beef you know that there might there might be some <laughs> there could some marketing behind that. <laughs> Just be careful who you call out. <laughs> well, here's the part that puzzles me. If you look at the PTO site, it says in the mission statement that it's an athlete-owned entity. Okay, it also says that we are athletes that are self-determined co-owners of the PTO. I have not heard our athlete board speak out about the T100 or where we stand as a whole group of athletes as an organization about how this is going to be an open season or an open whatever series, I guess you could say. So that's where I'm questioning where do we have a say if this PTO organization is truly an athlete-owned entity? Yeah. And how can we push it to be more inclusive of lower-ranked pros trying to make our way in? And the other thing is, what Sam has mentioned multiple times is that they're trying to create a series that's similar to ATP, which is tennis, and like PGA Tour. And if you look at any of those sports, they have athletes that are nobodies that come in, throw a wrench in the game and make it to their finals in the end, like the masters or something like that. So if they're trying to create a narrative and push our sport a little bit more, why not take it back and include more athletes like not just 20 plus four wild cards but give us like 10 others to make it more of a narrative not just highlighting 20 but have some people who would really throw a wrench into the game and make it a story yeah i agree with you because like like the pga you could have somebody that's a nobody, like a 24-year-old golfer that just had the game of his life, wins some tournament, and goes to the Masters because he got in. You know what I mean? Like, But we have a more dynamic sport as well, which I think means that if athletes come in, yes, they might not necessarily win or top five, but people have the ability to affect change in the race. So, uh, okay, I've got to come from my perspective, like a swimmer, if you have, if your wild cards, you invited like four swimmers, for example, who are going to potentially increase the speed of the race, you then potentially are making the race even harder for Sam Long to potentially try and win, which could be exciting because if Sam Long starts the season and wins the first two races then actually you're looking for a way to spice the season up because otherwise it's going to be a bit boring. So there's definitely athletes you could bring in for different reasons. And it might be that actually in a couple of races, you bring in someone who's a Uber cyclist, but swims similar to Sam Long because actually you want Sam Long to feature more in the event and having someone to for Sam to work with on the bike is advantageous as well. 
Um, yeah. So I definitely think there's, as Anna, what you said there is pretty brilliant. I think like there's definitely scope for them not necessarily thinking like, right, who's who's athlete number 21 or athlete number 30 in the, the PTO, you know, rankings, but actually thinking like, okay, who is going to add a bit of spice? Because I think that's ultimately what they're trying to create is like a media product and media products yeah. are not necessarily so like cutthroat or not not so like straightforward as like, oh, the next ranked athlete would be the best athlete for the event. That's the way I look at it. Two things to note. 2022 Kona, Chelsea Sodaro wins. She's considered a rookie. That was a huge news article. She's also an American. An American has not won in who knows how many years. Like, we're dusting it off here. And then this year, we have Taylor Nib was the big story. As a rookie, um, short course athlete, huge story again. So, like, I know they're high ranked athletes but my point being is that they're different and they're athletes that are different that can throw in a wrench to the sport to create a story so point being if you bring somebody open it up a little bit more you bring people that have a story that can change the game that that's what attracts people that's what creates a season-long narrative yeah and from a marketing point of view like it makes a really great as you said, story, because you could have these, you know, like could let's say the four of us and you could all, you could have like camera crew following us around because our lives are very different to those of like Daniela and, you know, all of those girls in the top 20. Um, and I think that would be, you know, obviously like it's still professional sport, but it's different to, you know, we have to work in a different way to those those guys and girls because we don't have as much money and we don't have the resources and it could, but, you know, if the, the talent's there and the hard work's there, it could make a really fun, um, yeah, narrative for the, you know, for to add to the season. But I think we do have to trust that this is like in the pipeline and there is something there for us and that, because it is only the first year. The only thing for me, like, my heart sank a little bit last year when they removed the $2,000 bonus from those ranked 50th to 100th because, and I, and I, I, I tweeted about it and I had a, I won't say who, but I had quite um, a high up female pro message me and she said, actually, how much of a difference would $2,000 make? <laughs> uh, and I was a bit like, you have no idea. Like if you're really that's having to huge. answer that question, that's like, you know, that's that's so much. That's going Just to three, a couple four, of bacon trips a... for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I was like, how? I just, I'm sort of a bit lost for words as to how that question could even be asked. And I'm like, this is the problem. That it's not, you know, like that's, it's a very small amount to those people at the top. But for people like us, that's huge. And that would enable us to go to races that we could win. You know, because that's hard. Like Penny said before, you're almost relying on winning money at one race to afford going to the next race. And that's really stressful, you know, and that therefore we don't have the opportunity as much to, because, as you know, as Andy said, like we have to win races to be into those, you know, be on the PTO's radar for this series and, you know, get more points. And ultimately it's going to be done by 
yeah, winning. Um, but for us, sometimes getting to a race is, is the problem, you know, and it's it's like, I think that was, I just really hoped that that wasn't the start of overlooking people like us, I guess, um, because that was really, that was quite difficult to see that, you know, you're taking money from, it would really make a difference to us and then just putting it into the top. But I think like Sam won't not have a long-term plan. Um, and I think we just have to trust that this is like the first year this is happening, but it would be be nice to have even like a very vague outline as to how people how like us. the next few have, years going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause that I, would can, be I nice. can see, I can see them doing like a tier, like, you know, like F1, I've got like F1, F2, et cetera. Yeah. Like I could see them doing in the future, you know, if they've got a race, again, I'm going to use London just because we've got three Brits on the podcast. Um, but for example, they've got the T100 London now, you know, it wouldn't take much more infrastructure to run a, like a tier two kind of thing. So you've got like the main event, which is the T100. Like, yeah. Like the top, the top 20, but then, then you have another race and, you know, because we're not getting followed so much, you know, you could potentially have 40 people, 40 men, 40 women or 50 even. You could make a bigger field and you've got the roads closed. You've got everything sorted out. You do it like just before, just after, whatever it is. You don't interfere with the main event. Um, but it could be quite exciting because they could basically say like, oh, whoever wins this race, you get a start in Las Vegas or something like that in the, in the main event. So it's like uh, I, I think Super League did something similar in the in the past, um, where they had like kind of open trial events, and like if you won the open trial event, you then got a start in like the real Super League event, which I kind of love that idea of like, and it, as you guys have all said, it's like giving true unknown wild cards like an opportunity instead of just like, and there's nothing against like the people they've chosen to. I think that was like the hot shot places kind of thing like obviously they've chosen some absolute greats of the sport like Ali and Javier and uh, Taylor Spivey and people like that and like they are absolutely incredible athletes and you kind of understand why they've brought them into the series but you definitely want more opportunity for true wild cards and yeah those need to be more done on like excitement and like not necessarily like who's got the most followers or you know who has got olympic medals and who hasn't that sort of thing um that's just that would just be my opinion but yeah i, agree. I guess we're all coming from the same opinion which is like relatively new professionals and you know i think we've all hopefully got 10 plus years in the sport and we want to see that there's an opportunity moving forward that we can hopefully get to this tier of racing because it is super exciting to to see what's happening, isn't it? Yeah, I agree completely. From what we've seen of the series and like the people in it, like what are we actually excited about seeing? Like, is there any rivalries that we think are going to be like awesome? Um, do we think any of the race venues they've chosen are pretty cool? Like, what do you think, Harry? Um, yeah, I, I tell you what, actually. <laughs> I think Gomez is going to be. I don't know. I just like. I think he'll be quite cool as a as a wild card. Um, and I if think he can finish a race. Well, I mean, he's. I mean, I'm just going to say this. I think he's got a better opportunity finishing a race than Brownlee. But there you go. Um, yeah. He's. I, I think he's. I think he's going to be cool. Um, yeah. Van Real as well. I think he's like a phenomenal athlete. So he'll be cool to watch. 
Um, I mean, all of them are going to be great to watch as well. So I think, yeah, I think um, I think it'll be really cool racing. I really want to see Leon do well, obviously, because uh, yeah, train with him, and so he's been working hard on his swim. So fingers crossed he doesn't get spat, but uh, he's got the bike and run to back it up. So even if he does, <laughs> but um, are you guys going to go down to London? I'd love to go down to London and watch. Yeah, I yeah. think I will. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Let's, let's sort something out. We can do a live pod with Jack. <laughs> Get some beers afterwards. What <laughs> ven- out of the uh, out of the eight <laughs> venues? What what venue would you want to go to? Las Vegas, surely. Vegas, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Miami, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, isn't the bike course like twenty laps at Miami? Yeah, right. Like it's it's like insane. Like fuck that. I can't. I can't even count to five to be honest. So I, I I'd be terrible. They've not released any courses. I think that's going to be interesting because, like, I mean, you're restricted by media and that, but some of them are fairly boring. But I think it'd be cool if they like on the London race if they do the same course they used for like Challenge London last year. Yeah, so, like they actually I went into. They probably would, wouldn't they? Uh, I think Jack said it's like slightly, slightly different, but okay. they, I mean, that six lap run was just, is, is horrific. So if they could change that. <laughs> Good for spectators though. Bad I was, for athletes. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it was yeah. horrid. Um, I think I would just, I would just add like the, obviously like the, the PTO is like, it's very early days, isn't it? So for us, like it is, it's very exciting. And obviously I can understand from like, from you guys it sounds like you obviously want more of an idea of how the development will take place for people like us to be able to get into the series um for me actually hearing andy you mentioned a comment from freddie funk about like you just got to get better like that's ultimately like where my my mind's at as well like i don't necessarily worry too much i'm not really worried about it at all because i'm like i'm not even at that level yet so i'm just concerned about getting better the opportunity comes up, it comes up, but right now I'm not, I'm not ready for it anyway. So it doesn't really matter to me, but I understand completely where you guys are coming from. I just personally, it's not something that I'm really that fussed about, I guess. It'd just be interesting as a whole, wouldn't it? Like not just specifically for ourselves, but for people like, you know, you look at Penny, who's ranked what 38th in the world. Like, is she going to get an opportunity if, you know, next season there's some races down, down their way? If she you know, gets better, not. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, I, I get it. I get it. And it's tough to, obviously, it's massively tough to get into to raising the PTO stuff. But um, it makes it, it makes it something that is worth chasing then, doesn't it? Um, and I guess we haven't even mentioned like the Ironman series, like, I guess, yeah. creating more opportunities elsewhere for, as Harry just said, like for us just to, become better yeah. athletes hopefully just get better just be patient like i mean it yeah. sounds like yeah sounds pretty yeah. obvious but i guess that's the case like for people like us it's just okay well we are where we are you just got to work hard climb the ranks and you know what will be will be okay sarah sarah <laughs> i think that's a good place to end isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> gonna get that framed on my wall <laughs> that's the message of the pod get better just be like good <laughs> just be work better. hard get better <laughs> sweet cheers guys right, right we'll catch you next week see you bye then bye bye, bye. bye.
Oh, 